You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, I'm the host of the podcast and I'm joined by two regulars, Chris and John. Alright guys? Hello. Alright, did my intro sound a wee bit better than it did last week? Because last week I was sounding a bit dodgy. I I sounded overexcited. So you were just glad to be back after a week off? I think that's what it was. Aye, I don't know what happened, but hopefully I'm back to my boring usual self this week. (laughs) Now, we've got a special guest joining us. John's managed to scour the country for the the best talent he could find, uh, and he, he secured them. We've got Andy Skinner joining us this evening. All right, Andy? Evening, lads. How are we doing? All right. All right. I'm good. Andy, we, we discussed uh, prior to the podcast, we had a wee chat, and I, I said that we've got to save the banter. We can't say too much uh, before the podcast, but I was dying to ask you, are you sitting on the toilet doing the podcast? <laughs> no, just 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 because I live and work in the Highlands doesn't mean I've got to resort to, to that. <laughs> it was the echo. It just made me think that you were in the toilet bathroom. No, I can't say anything. I'll save it. I'll save it and get straight in there. No, no, I can assure you, I'm I'm okay. It's <laughs> no having a piss with Craig Brown. No, not that nervous. Aye, <laughs> aye. So that's an old joke. From, that must be. Was that season one? That's, that is a, a reference from a very long time ago. There was a, an interview with, was it Craig Brown, uh, after a game? Was. And it was you could quite clearly hear some water hitting water. And it, it definitely sounded like somebody was, was doing the toilet. But who knows, we even got a challenge. Oh, it was a long time before that. <laughs> I think Laurie clipped it and we managed to get it on the podcast. Aye, definitely. Aye, it was put on at the end. Aye. So Andy, tell us a wee bit about yourself, just a, a few sentences. Yeah, I, I report for the Press and Journal newspaper. Um, I live in Inverness, so uh, at most most weekends I'm covering either Ross County or Cali Thistle. Um, so both teams have had plenty, well, given me plenty to write about this season anyway, um, because they're, they're both still, there's a lot at stake for both of them. Um, so it's a, a really enjoyable job. Um, Obviously, I cover a wee bit of Highland League as well because last last game I was at was on Saturday where where Brora won the the Highland League, so that uh, that secures their place in the SPFL playoff um, where they'll face Edinburgh City. So there's plenty going on just now up up in the Highlands. I was reading about uh, Brora Rangers and how the they're a bit apprehensive about joining the 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 top top tier, if you like the the League Two. What's your view on that? I think it's it's natural because they're a club that up until two seasons ago, um, when they, they reinvested somewhat, um, they were they were down at the bottom of the Highland League, you know, in the bottom three or four. Uh, it's been a, a very very fast rapid rise for them, and they've now won back to back titles, having only I mean last last season's uh, championship was the first Highland League title they've ever won. So that gives you an idea of, you know, the fact that this uh, this success hasn't come, you know, naturally for them. Um, and now I think there's a real appetite amongst the supporters to to sustain that success and be top dogs in the Highland League for for a, a you know a lot a lot of years. Um, and there's a, a feeling that they they might just get lost a wee bit if they if they do go up because it's uh, you know it, it's expensive to to sustain a, a team in that league when you've got 
lots of midweek trips. I mean, to give you an indication of how long those journeys can be, Elgin City uh, host Berwick Rangers in, in League Two tomorrow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a huge journey for a Tuesday night. So uh, fixtures like that are difficult to, to you know, get players to commit to the club for and uh, also difficult to, to have any sort of away following, you know, committing when, I guess, part-time football, these guys have got jobs during the day. Yeah, even on a Saturday, it's going to be a long, very long day for, for away travellers. But yeah, a Tuesday night, that's just not, not doable at all. I thought it was interesting that uh, this came about uh, when, when John mentioned that you were coming on. Uh, we've touched on the, the playoffs before. Uh, I know Chris is a, a big fan of the, the, the Highland and the Lowland League, and uh, I think we're all a fan of the, the introduction of the pyramid. So it was just interesting to get you on to hear your, your views on, on that and a, a little more than uh, my uh, limited knowledge when I read on STV, that kind of thing. <laughs> Do you know when the, the playoff is taking place? It's uh, May, May, I think. Uh, uh, it's I the know. 25th of April and the 2nd of May. Ah. It's the two legs. So, um, I mean, it's obviously been decided what the, the game's going to be. The first game, anyway, because it's going to be two lots of... Uh, well, two batches basically the first is going to be a two-legged affair between Broda and Edinburgh City who have met previously this season they, they threw each other in the Scottish Cup and Broda won that one 3-2 so gives you a, a sense that it might be quite a close game uh, both have won their, their domestic leagues uh, very comfortably so uh, it'll be interesting yet to be decided who's going to play the winner of that because Montrose are currently bottom by 11 points in, in League 2 looking very likely it will be them, and if they do go down, then it's already been decided that it will be the Highland League they go into. Um, Is that right? About, yeah, we, we were them. discussing this last uh, last week, and there's yep. a there's a line. There <laughs> is. A, is it a longitude or latitude one, whatever one it is? <laughs> Aren't one throws just below it? It's well, like they a, are a, a small tiny part of it, but they're just ever so slightly below. I was reading, so I thought it might go in the Lowland League. At present, the furthest south team. Uh, well, on that side of the country, anyway, is, is Cove Rangers who play in Aberdeen. Uh, the opposite side, you've got Fort William in the west, but uh, you know there's no, there's not many other teams in that area. Uh, as far as Aberdeen are concerned, uh, well, the Aberdeen boundary is concerned. Um, that becomes Aberdeenshire, which then becomes Angus, and Angus has been included. The boundaries have been stretched to include Angus uh, as as part of what would you, you would consider Highland League catchment area. Uh, it goes, goes down as far as the River Tay, so obviously that's not going to affect Dundee, Dundee United or St Johnston, but you know, where are they to find themselves in the, the, the lower reaches of the, the SPFL, then they would also be dragged into that too. That would be a long time away, but uh, but yeah, it, Montrose would go into the, the Highland League where were they to lose the playoff. And you said as well, Andy, and I spoke to you in the week, that it'll just become uh, kind of uneven among the teams in the Highland League, won't it? They've done that, yes. they had that before and it would go to... The kind of same kind of situation? Yeah. In 2009, the league was extended from 15 teams to 18. So it's been done before. You know, just one team sets out for, for one week and, uh, and then just slots back in again the, the following week. So, I mean, that would mean both Highland and Lowland League would be would be the same in having that situation. But uh, it's something that they'd, they'd work around. Was there any possibility any other teams would try and apply to join the Highland League? Well, the teams had to declare uh, back in January the teams that were in contention to still win promote, uh, well, finish as, uh, as title winners had to declare that they were going to go for it. And it was a compulsory thing. So um, 
I mean, I think from having spoken to a few of the clubs about this, I mean, there's a bit of uncertainty for most of them, but I mean, the likes of Bucky and Devon Vale, from, from memory, didn't want to go for it. You know, they're a strong rivalry, local, um, whereas on the, the contrary, Cove Rangers have applied in the past when vacancies have, have arisen. You know, they, they applied in 2009 when, uh, 2008, sorry, when, when Annan pipped them to, to replace Gretna. Um, and for Martin United as well, uh, they, they've never hidden their ambitions to, to step into the SPFL. So they're two that definitely would go for it. But, uh, you know, this, what this has done is allow, you know, a, a possibility for clubs to, to enter into the SPFL without having to go through that application phase. This, this gives them the chance to show their ambitions on, on the park and uh, be promoted just as, as it works in any other league. So interesting. It's a, I, I, I agree with what you were saying earlier. I think it's a great thing to, to have, um, you know, just to you know, really liven up the, the, the top league of uh, the top of the Highland and Lowland leagues and, and liven up the bottom of the uh, of League Two, which has become a bit stagnant in, in recent years. I think it's something that's special uh, when you look down south and you see that uh, the, the tier system goes so far down that it's, it's never going to happen. But there, there is a chance that, that one of the, the Sunday League teams actually makes it to the big time. And I think Scotland's obviously a different situation because we don't have as many teams. The, the distance for, for some of those teams to travel is, is it seems a bit greater anyway. But I think it's refreshing. I think it's about time that they did this because I think I was sick of seeing Easterland finish bottom bottom of the league and what's the worst that could happen to them? I think if they finish bottom three seasons in a row, they lose voting rights. So what? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, one thing that I guess John will know more about than, than me, um, it's never, I mean, there, there isn't as, as much of an appetite for, for you know inclusion within this pyramid system um, in the, the juniors. Uh, obviously, there are clubs like John's Auchinleck and uh, and Linlith, for example, as well, who who could offer a lot to, you know, the uh, you know the system, just due to their size and their potential. But you know they they don't have the, the interest for it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a thing. Probably I was kind of looking at an interview with John Young, the brother of Rangers chairman, and he was saying it's almost like they've been forced into this. There are obviously clubs that want to be a part of the pyramid, but it's maybe a, a kind of shame that they're being forced into it. I think in terms of the junior clubs, I know that uh, Talbot have had to like upgrade their facilities if they want to still be able to play in the Scottish Cup. But it's the whole thing of whether do you want to be playing local derbies, the fact that you've got, as we touched on earlier, about the Highland League players, and then they're part-time, they're working as well. The distances they have to travel, the costs, again, kind of maybe players playing midweek games, and them getting time off work. I think certainly Talbot would rather be a successful club in the juniors and maybe be a, a yo-yo club between maybe the kind of juniors and also kind of like two. The, the possible thing that might happen and there's been talk of is for the, the West Super League and the East Super League to maybe merge and then to have a, a, kind of, a kind of combined league where obviously you'd see kind of games like Talbot against Northlithgow on a more regular basis. But even that, supporters aren't keen on because again, you'll be losing a lot of local derbies and are folk going to be as, as willing to travel through to, I know it's not that, that far, but kind of West to East and all that kind of different thing. Um... And that's why in the junior game, certainly, to the league guy, it's nice to win the league, but you'll find that the big trophy they want to win in the juniors is the Scottish Cup because it is all your, your junior teams and it is who is the best junior team. 
and Tal got a very successful on that basis. I know, I'm going to say something that, that's uh, potentially offensive, but but is there a, a lack of ambition from the teams oh. that they don't want to become a, a small fish in a big pond, as opposed to where they are now, perhaps? I don't know if it's a lack of ambition. A lot of it is dictated by finances um, in terms of that. I mean, what you could have, say for example, Talbot, we have to go into the pyramid system and then they have to play Elgin, travelling to Elgin and all that kind of thing. It's a lot of cost. I mean, and I dare say, I've, uh, Andy will tell you, I've had a bit of kind of banter with some of the boys that's brought Aberdeen. They know, obviously, I follow Talbot as well. Um, and Talbot actually played Edinburgh City earlier in the Scottish Cup and Edinburgh City knocked Talbot out. But I think Talbot, if they were, I think Talbot could compete in possibly League One. They wouldn't win it, but I think they could certainly be mid-table or even do all right in there. They've got players that are fairly capable of playing at that. Uh, one, of the, one of the boys, Gordon Pope, he was with Air last year, kind of did pretty well, but his thing was that he moved back to Talbot because he's got kind of family, he's got a job whereby it's not always easy to get time off. Um, there's a player that stepped up this season from Talbot to Strindor, Craig Pettigrew, um, doing fairly well, and there's been speculation again he might kind of move back because he's got a young family. He's maybe having to travel to up north and be away from the family all day and work. It's a, I think it's just a lot of commitment. Um, and the big thing is, folk do love the local derbies. The local derbies is what probably makes the juniors and the Highland League so special in that area. And Andy will know Andy, obviously, kind of has followed Highland League even before working for the PNJ. Yeah, sure. Um, I think one thing that maybe clubs are underselling themselves on is you know potentially how well they could actually do in the. Uh, in the league system uh, and financially you know uh, that's obviously been mentioned by John Young today in his comments um, you know it's been something that uh, you know leaves them quite apprehensive about what the future may hold but um, you've got to remember that prize money will increase the further up the league you go um, even if Prora were to go down again having been promoted they would then stand in line to receive a parachute payment of about £40,000 so you know that's that's a flavour of just how things would increase because that's, that's beyond what you know you would get at uh, Highland League level, um, and you know I think I think Rover would do quite well in the in the league. You know they've, they've beaten teams in the Petrofac Cup this season. Uh, you know they beat Stenhouse Newer. Um, I think they would stand stand to do quite well. So lack of ambition. It's uh, I think it's it's a sense of not wanting to lose what's already strong just now. Uh, not wanting, I guess, you know, local rivalries to be diluted, whatnot. By, mm-hmm. I mean, Elgin City. Um, sorry, Peterhead Fraserburgh used to used to be a big one before Peterhead made the, the step up to the SPL, uh, SPFL. So uh, you know that's one that's that's been lost. Um, you know, so yeah, there's there's I guess a, a fear that uh, that that might might drift away. Yeah. Yep. In terms of going back to your question or about the junior clubs. There were some junior clubs that we are maybe wanting to get involved. So the likes of Clyde Bank were quite keen. Uh, Peters Hill, Ballingrade over. So there are a few teams, but then you've got the likes of some of the bigger teams weren't that interested. The likes of Talbot, Linlithgow Rose, Pollock, who even though Pollock are not in the top league in the West anymore, but Pollock are certainly one of the, the junior heavyweights. Um, yeah. uh, so some of the, the teams, obviously, there's the teams up in the north, Cutler and Banks of D. Whether they would want to get involved, don't know whether they would. 
they're, they're, I take like a step up for Baxby from where they're playing just now. The difference and the dynamics of the North juniors is that they are of a, a substantially weaker standard than uh, than the Highland League, which is the senior league in that area. And um, you know, although the what used to be the East of Scotland League, now the, the Lowland League. Um, obviously, you've got the, the Southern League as well, uh, the South of Scotland League. Uh, you know there are good teams there, and it's a decent standard. But there's an argument to say that uh, you know some teams in uh, you know the, the juniors are, are are better than you know the teams at the top end of the Lowland League, like Spartans and Edinburgh City. Yeah. Um, whereas in the North Juniors, it's it's no no debate whatsoever. It's uh, a weaker standard than than the Highland League. I think certainly in terms of I think uh, Edinburgh City were the first non-league team that Talbot had lost in the Scottish Cup. Right. If, um, and certainly any time that um, Talbot have played the likes of the North, kind of teams from the North Juniors or the South of Scotland, Talbot have won quite convincingly. Yes. Um, so it's only really been they played the likes of maybe they played Huntley in the past, they played Stolen Albion, Shinra. Lucky this um, season, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Um, and we've been un- unlucky at times against the likes of I mean, Shinra last season. They went to a replay, played Hearts, was the one a few years back. I remember that, yeah. Um, whereby, kind of quite unlucky in that game at, at Tynecastle. So it was a great day. Um, so it's only maybe the odd occasion, but I do think the juniors and Highland League teams can both do well. And I suppose it's proven by uh, Inverness and Ross County and how kind of quickly they managed to move up the leagues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, Ross County existed in the Highland League. Cali Thistle was a, a merger, which was messy, uh, to say the very least. But... Uh, I know they've, they've both been brilliant. Peterhead have been promoted a, a couple of times as well. Elgin maybe struggled somewhat, um, but you know it's, it, uh, the success of the two that are in the, the Premiership just now lays down a, a good marker for for any other teams that are coming up. Unfortunately, we really need to move on because we're, we're kind of tight for time. There's quite a lot to cover, despite there only being uh, the Scotland games that we'll talk about largely. But I wanted to go back to the the charity bet. Uh, we were we pick a, a first scorer bet, Andy, as you you may know if as you listen to the podcast, and I forced Laurie into picking uh, a first scorer, and he he picked Osman So, which luckily managed to to come come in for us. He scored first. Yep. Uh, there was some confusion online. I don't know if any of you seen it between us and McBookie. Uh, I don't know if they were winding us up or not. Uh, but, I yeah. seen that with they said Patterson and scored first. Yeah, I I was I was late for the uh, the game. I missed the kickoff at uh, Ibrox, but I managed to hear that. I managed to hear Osman so scoring before I got in. So it was a a wee bit of a silver lining there. So that would take us up to about three hundred and sixty pound. I've not done my preparation yet, so that was a guess there. But I'm definitely <laughs> looking at the right tab this time because last time I was I was way off with my total. <laughs> But aye, that was good. That's more money added to the charity pot. And the other bet failed because Falkirk lost 1-0 to Dumbarton in a surprise result there. So I suppose we can't have everything. They weren't, I was going to say they weren't the only playoff chasers in the Championship to lose because uh, obviously Queen of South lost to Hearts and um, Hibs lost to Race Rovers as well. So it was a good weekend if you were Rangers. Uh, aye. It's a, it's a good weekend for, for Rangers fans like myself and Glasgow Reds AFC. I think he likes them as well. He was looking forward to me discussing <laughs> Rangers. 
Uh, I could talk about them at length if he really wants, uh, how we played uh, some some lovely football in the first half despite not scoring any goals. And we were absolutely humping them when it was 1-1 with 10 minutes to go. But we managed <laughs> to get 4-1 in the end and it was alright. It all ended up okay. Nothing really to mention about the game other than the bloody dancing on ice or Disney on ice, whatever it was, made me late for the kickoff, and and it added half an hour onto my journey home. So I wasn't too happy about that, but there's nothing I can do about it. I just need to accept it. So who who were we thinking about for the first scorer bet for this coming weekend? Declan McMarris is always a good possibility. He scored, didn't he? Yeah, he scored the third goal. Um, for Morton the one four, the one four, no, we never had him. It's all right. We had Osmond so. So no, I'm just saying that's no use. We need the first goal scorer. That's all. That's all right. That means he's saving his first goal for when we start betting him again. So he's a possibility. Brian Prunty at Airdrie's in pretty good form. Um, he could be a possible shout. Right, you got a double against Dennis Muir now. Um, do you know about yourself, Andy? You anyone in mind? Anyone you've in terms of all leagues? I'm going to try and keep uh, the Elm City players happy. I mean, I'm, they're on my patch as well, so. Um, I'll maybe put a shout-out for, for Craig Gunn of Elgin City. Who are they playing at the weekend? They're East Derlingshire. It's kind of like, it's an reason why I'm not too fussed about McManus this week, because they're at home at uh, Breaking City, and Breaking City are chasing the, the playoffs as alongside Martin chasing the, the the top spot. I think uh, Airdrie are away on Albion, which is maybe a good bet with Prunty. Failing that. There's always the the stalwart Jamie Longworth standing there. They're home here. Remember his yeah, official yeah. title now is friend of the podcast Jamie Longworth. Yeah. Well, if I said that, I, think, I, I like I like the printy shout. That's a good one. Yeah, they're right. pretty good on form. They're chasing playoffs. Aye, they've had a couple of the division. So I, I think that's been brilliant. Printy's a way to go. I don't think we've had it before, have we? No, I've definitely not I had it before, so, John. I don't know about you. No, I have. It's usually me making those kind of jokes. Uh, yes, yes, I've lowered myself. Uh, you've lowered myself, yourself to my tone, but I, if everyone else is happy, I think Prunty could be a good shout. Get any more money if uh, he scores another world-class overhead kick, like the one at Livingston. The other goal that was. I don't think I've started doing bets on overhead kicks yet, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should get double the odds if it's a good goal. <laughs> well, maybe suggest oh. that to them and see what they think. Right, we'll go with him then, right, because Brian Prunty, he's 31, he's making me so old. What's that? I remember Brian Prunty, he's 31 now. Ah, I remember he's it. Celtic, 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 Celtic. He was at Aberdeen as well, right? Ah, I was at Aberdeen, aye, yeah. Didn't really quite work out for him. No, I never worked out for him, unfortunately. Yeah. One of these players that was lethal at the youth level, you know, you always saw him scoring a bit like another lad, Scott Mickey, who played for Aberdeen, uh, just tearing up the, the youth ranks, uh, always at the top of the goal-scoring charts, but... That transition to the team never, never materialised. Right, we'll go with him then. I don't have the odds available at the moment because McBookie, they're, they're busy refunding all the, the losing <coughs> Scotland bets for for uh, Sunday's game there. Uh, so we'll move on to to briefly touch on the, the friendly, the midweek friendly, Scotland against Northern Ireland because we're tight for time. Uh, I went to the game, the atmosphere wasn't brilliant. It was. Uh, I heard a, a lot of the, the blame was put on people like myself who aren't regular Scotland goers, and because a lot of the tickets were free to the season ticket holders, and they handed them out to friends. I.e., my situation. 
heard that was to blame, but I don't know. It just it, it wasn't brilliant. Uh, I suppose a win's a win. It's points in the bag. A coefficient points, obviously, because it wasn't part of the group qualifier. But nothing, I don't really have anything to say about the game. I, no, I was there as well. I was reporting on that one, um, and it was it, it was a friendly, and it felt like a friendly, yes. and, it, um, and it, it just definitely had that feel throughout. So it, it was it was one that I felt we we dominated enough without really, you know, it wasn't enough of a challenge. I don't think uh, never really put under too much pressure. Um, Good to get the win. It just kept the things ticking along nicely because we're on good form just now. But uh, yeah, not not exactly a massive amount learned from it. Yeah, and I've never yeah. seen it, but uh, it's, it's funny you say that these are all saying that well, it felt like a friendly because I listened to the radio at the first half and Willie Miller was saying exactly the opposite. He thought oh, it wasn't being played in the same in a usual friendly spirit. It was quite a, a high tempo game with uh, two teams that only wanted to to show what they could do. So. I think North Ireland fancy to be enjoying themselves, but they put out a pretty much second string lineup, whereas we kind of had a bit of a mix lineup in yeah. terms of a mix of first team players and then a mix of squad players. Yeah. And they had Josh McGinnis playing, and like I like Big Josh, but he's not international standard. No, no, no. I didn't have a great game. I did hear a, a few naughty songs. Few uh, I was going to, I was going to try and not mention those, but I, I'd, I'd I seen wasn't a few going to go into detail. Aye, but aye, there was some. I've seen a few of the, the non Irish boys on the forum was, uh, talking about McGuinness as well. <laughs> they weren't too impressed at the fact he was playing. So, <laughs> but then not to see Lafferty. Uh, obviously, Kyle Lafferty, not the other Lafferty, which confused me because I, I thought I was going, I thought I was going blind because I looked at the team sheet and I seen Lafferty. And I'm looking, I'm going, that's no Lafferty. He's changed a lot in the last few years. It's definitely no him, but it, it says it's him. So it must be. Aye, daft me. Didn't realise. They saved him from a big game at the weekend. Aye, he's in top four. Yeah. It's Kyle Lafferty. And it worked. Five and five. Didn't do him any harm, huh? Yeah. yeah. Aye, I was You're looking forward to his reaction. From the... Say that again, sorry, Chris. I was saying he reckons Michael O'Neill's been getting the best out of him. Lafferty's been saying that in the press today, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's enjoying his football just now. And, um, yeah, Northern Ireland are going great. They look really, really uh, you know, strong, actually, as far as qualifying for, for the Euros are concerned. I think they've opened up now a four-point gap um, in second place. So, you know, it's really annoying, isn't it? They got, I, they got a good group. Aye, that's it, because really you look at Northern Ireland and they're going great guns in their group. You look at Wales and they're going great guns in their group. You look at England and they'll playing with Narnia and other imaginary teams that you could never think of. They've got the easiest group in a lot. And then you look at our group and it's like four teams and all pretty close together. I think it's three points to the top four now. Yeah, the only, the only good thing about that is that if the possibility that we might, end, well, if we don't finish in top two, that we maybe could be the best third place team. But, don't know. Not, not sure I can see that happening the no, way it's materialising just now because yeah. I think uh, I think there's points being shared. Uh, there's not one team yeah. that's perhaps running away with third place. Um, so just given the nature, the strong nature of the group, I think that's probably unlikely, but uh, you can only can only do what you can do. Yeah, so well, I mean, on I've said that picking up 20 points is, is the way to go, so we're, we're still on course for my 20-point my plan. So. <laughs> six six points off Gibraltar, six points off Georgia, and four off Poland and Ireland. But the, point, the points against Gibraltar don't count? If no, no, they don't. But... Uh, if you get 20 points, I will be very surprised if uh, we don't qualify. 
never know. I've never take six points off Gibraltar, so I think the important bit of that is taking four points off your two main rivals. Germany never know. points here than everywhere's the sticky bit. Yeah. It'd be good to beat Ireland. If we can beat Ireland, that's a big thing. Oh, yeah. Above the 20 points is a bonus. If we can get if we can get a win and and, and dump one then that's that's the, that's the big game in June. So, right, that open up a five point gap. That would be massive um, in yeah. terms of near enough ruling Ireland out of you know being able to catch us. Um, you know if we were to keep our form up, just developing that five point gap, following their result in uh, Dublin last night against Poland. Uh, that that game in, in June is hugely significant in our campaign. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see how the, the SFA and how Strachan uh, sorts that out because, as I understand it, they're still a slot free uh, for a, a friendly and who they pick, whether they go down the route of somebody like Northern Ireland, whether they, they test themselves in a, in a kind of glamour-type friendly or whether they just use it. Was there? I was talking, uh, but I don't, uh, know, I, I, would think, I don't know whether that's before or after, but, but um, yeah, there was talk of that. Aye, and STV Grant on Twitter was nearly throwing his toys out the frame at that one. Aye. Because you know how he's quite into checking on the, up the, what, where we are in the, the rankings and stuff and who we can play and how that affects the point system and stuff like that. He's he's usually quite on the ball. And the minute I could target mentioned, he was raging. The thing is as well when... <laughs> it's pointless. It doesn't thin, help us in any way. The thing is as well when the season finishes because there'll be players that won't have played for a few weeks by the time that game comes around against Ireland. Yeah, true. Well, talk about that. It kind of depends when the English season finishes rather than the Scottish season. Aye, yeah. You've only got, what, about three or four people in the, that play in Scotland? Aye. Moving on to the Sunday game. Originally, the, the Northern Ireland game was, uh, was... They started two guys that played in Scotland and we only started one. <laughs> Aye. Right, we need to move on to the uh, Sunday game for time going. there, Chris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it past your bedtime, Craig? <laughs> well, I need, I need to be tight on time because we've got quite a lot to cover. Uh, so moving on to the sun- Sunday's game, Scotland against Gibraltar, and a lot of the media and a lot of fans were getting a bit carried away thinking that we were going to hump them 12-0 or more, break all records, despite Germany only scoring four goals against them. We thought we were going to be better than them. And maybe in, at the end of the day, we, we were. I, I don't know how the scoreline fits against 4-0, because we did obviously leak that goal. But I don't know. It... it even when they scored Gibraltar, I, I, I was quite pleased. It was it was weird. It, it wasn't. It didn't feel like a competitive game to me. Uh, I, I was almost cheering Gibraltar on when they scored because it's the the guy probably the, the best goal that guy's ever going to score. Uh, dreamland for a, a country like Gibraltar to come this far and to score the first competitive goal and take the game to Scotland in the first the first ten fifteen minutes. They they clearly weren't brilliant. But they gave us a fright. They they tested our one man defence. Yeah, I, I heard Gordon Strachan after the game, and he said he didn't expect Gibraltar to come out and play like that. So it kind of caught us out. That's why you end up putting a, a second defender on the second half. Yeah, I think that the, the goal that Gibraltar scored was uh, just a perfect example of how how risky a, a ploy that was. When I say risky, I mean in the context of the overall game, it didn't. It was never going to make a massive difference. But uh, you know, it, it showed that the possibility of a, a Gibraltar goal was was always there and was always live because you saw that the way the pass was put through into a, an oncoming runner with you know masses of space 
Um, and he was, he was, and he ended up being tracked by Akechi Anya, yeah. who yeah. wasn't part they of that defence. So, no, no, absolutely, <laughs> very unlike Akechi Anya. But uh, but no, that 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 was uh, that exposed uh, the you know the lack of a, a second centre half. And uh, yeah, striking clearly wasn't for the the risk of losing a, another goal after after half time. So he brought on Gordon Greer so to shore things yeah. up. It was all safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that there's a reason why teams go out with a, a single defender because I don't count uh, Robertson and Hutton as defenders in that formation. They they clearly weren't tasked with defending. I know you had Brun as some kind of protection in front of the single defender, but there's a reason why people don't do it. It's because it just doesn't work. You need you need two at least, uh, regardless of the opposition, even if you're playing a, a bunch of school kids. You, you can't you can't make do with just one. It was a, a bad decision by him, and I think it's just lucky that it's Gibraltar and they they didn't capitalise more than that. For sure, but uh, I think the goal jolted us into action. You know, there was a clear response. If you are going to you know let your guard slip, you might as well do it when you've still got seventy minutes to to correct the situation. And you know that's inevitably how how it ended up. Yeah, it's, it's funny you know, for a game we won six one. I don't think we were that good. I think there was a there was a decent spell probably after the second goal that we scored. Well, we we got the 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 second penalty in the game. We got a decent goal and the the fourth goal, uh, and we just we looked like we were starting to play some nice football. And then half time came along. Sadly, <laughs> we changed it. And we kind of we almost thought we were settling for quite a bit of the second half for the the four one that we already had. Yes. We weren't putting too much effort into trying to get any more. The last 10 minutes of the second half was probably the best of the second half for us as well. So I mean, we, we played 10 minutes in each half, really. Yeah, probably not, you know, Scotland are a bit of a hiding to nothing, though, in terms of they're obviously expected to win. Yeah. And then they did win, and it doesn't, obviously, three points counts, but Germany never exactly hammered them. They beat them, what, 4 0. Poland beat them 7 0. So it's not as if we've embarrassed ourselves. Okay, we conceded against them. They've had a wee bit of, kind of moment of celebration there, but we, yeah, we won. Job done. Probably, I don't think Strachan's probably learned much from it. At least it's shown maybe we can break down minnows, which previously in the past we've struggled sometimes. Yeah, oh, Move on, yeah. Job, job done, move on, probably. That's that, I mean, yeah. probably. I, mean, I think I think if he's learning anything, he's going to be learning about the kind of, the attitude to some of the players. I don't want to start picking on players, but I thought Brown was awful. <laughs> I thought his passing was dreadful. He, could, he struggled to find a Scotland player. I don't think Robertson exactly covered himself in, in, in glory. Um, I, for a guy that scored a hat-trick, I don't think Fletcher was any good. No, I agree his, with his, that his one. Third go, his third goal was a good finish, but other than that, I, yeah. I, I, there was a lot of that game I was wanting them subbed off. And see when he took uh, Naismith off and put on Rhodes, I thought he was, he was making the wrong sub. Yeah, I agree about uh, Fletcher. I think that his uh, headed goal where he stumbled, I think he was very lucky there. I, I, I think that that keeper, if he'd moved his feet quicker and didn't flap yeah. it thin air I, I think uh, that should have been saved uh, yeah I've not been too impressed with him uh, in either of the, the two games there uh, he was quite busy in the first half against Northern Ireland but but not anything to suggest that I would start him uh, against no. a quality side uh, but he scored the hat-trick and that's quite a big thing that's that's oh, yeah, so it's the first hat-trick since 1969 when Colin Steen scored the hat-trick in like 10-0-1 or something <laughs> Eight 0 against Cyprus. Aye, aye. Remember it well, eh? <laughs> no, eight, eight, eight 0 was it? 
I don't know, but I, I, I know it was a hat trick in 69. Right. The, the only thing Strachan might have learned about was obviously he brought in Matt Ritchie. And yeah. he looked like he looked all right. He looked like he's not scared to have a goal. Kind of has a few yeah. shot, had a few shots and targets certainly over a, the, in the Northern Ireland game. So I suppose that's maybe yeah. a positive. He looks like he could be a decent find. Richie was withdrawn at half time in the Gibraltar game, so didn't really get the, the chance to make a, a huge impact in, in that one. But I, I felt Northern Ireland, he, he took a while to grow into the game, but once he did, he, he certainly looked like he could be a, a handy player for us. Just going back to Fletcher, though, I mean, that, that's going to be useful for his confidence, that, that hat trick. Um, I mean, that, those were the first goals he scored for Scotland in nearly six years. So, uh, his first one was against Iceland in a, a 2 1 win back in 2009, I think. Um, so, you know, that's getting that barren run. I mean, especially for a, a player that, you know, we begged endlessly for him to be reinstated under Craig yep. Levine. Yeah. And, you know, he's not really had much to show for that. Um, he's certainly not proven that he's ready to lead the line for us yet. But, you know, that'll have, you know, just settled this, this trepidation, which I'm sure, you know, that, that wait for a goal will have been on his mind before just about every every game he's played in. <laughs> I think that, that's probably the key now for Fletcher is how he goes on from here. We're okay, I'm still sitting here sitting, thinking, is he really the guy to lead the line? But then you look up when Jordan Rhodes came on and didn't really do much. In fact, he missed, for me, he missed a terrific chance uh, in the game. So, anytime I've seen Jordan Rhodes play for Scotland, it just doesn't quite seem to have it. And we're not really over-endowed with terrific uh, Strikers in the box. We've got I mean, Stephen Naismith, probably our most prolific goal scorer recently, and he's not he's not an out and out striker. We just we don't really have that out and out striker that can that can get the goals for us in the crucial games. So if Stephen Fletcher can grow into that role now that he's got the the monkey off his back and having not scored for Scotland for six years, then then fantastic. That's that's, that's a very timely hat trick for him. I was at uh, all the Scotland media conferences last week, and Jordan Rhodes is a name that was talked about constantly uh, by, by both Gordon Strachan and Mark McGee um, because obviously there's there's been this was his first call up uh, in well over a, a year um, and he hadn't played since 2013 a 2-0 defeat against Belgium I think um, so it, it'd been a long time in having to wait for his chance um, now obviously Gordon Strachan around about that time made it clear that Rhodes didn't fit his, his system of playing one, one forward yeah. He's at his best playing with a, a partner. Um, but McGee says he's been watching him constantly down uh, for Blackburn. So scoring goals has never been an issue for Jordan Rhodes. But he's seen a big improvement in his in you know his play off the ball and bringing others into play as well. And he's shown, he made it clear that Rhodes had kind of convinced him through his performances for Blackburn that he, he was more acquitted to the, the role that was being asked of him uh, you know, in a Scotland jersey. So... It shows that there has been some sort of development there, um, but again, it didn't. You didn't really get much of a chance to to demonstrate that on on Sunday. The problem is this lack of alternatives. Obviously, Stevie May went down to the championship, but he's not really impressed very much in terms of goals wise. Well, you've got Tony Watt, who there was talk of getting in the squad, but it's not as if he's been doing it over a long period of time down in the championship. Who Lee Griffiths is the only other name that comes to mind. And he yeah, Lee Griffiths. Who Lee Griffiths might be a good shout because in terms of the way that Lee Griffiths play, I think Strachan likes Fletcher because of the way Fletcher links up with midfield play, players. Yeah. And he, he do, it's obviously frustrating when you watch it and he's dropping deep getting the ball, but you're then hoping that other players will get forward in front of him. The likes of Naismith, the likes of maybe Anya, the likes of Richie. Uh, so it's probably just a lack of alternative. Same at, at centre back, people complain about who we're playing at centre back. 
there's not many other alternatives. Bit disappointing no. that Mark Reynolds never got at least maybe half an hour in the Northern Ireland game to maybe kind of show what he can do. I think he was one of the only players that maybe didn't feature at all. He's the only uh, player that was in that squad. To you know, obviously because Richie's now played two games. R- Reynolds is the only one in that squad that remains uncapped. Um, so that was certainly disappointing because I thought when Berra played the other night against Northern Ireland, I thought, well, there must be going with Martin and Berra yesterday at centre back. Um, and then that I thought Berra was going to get the nod as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of that, so it's I suppose when you think that people are complaining about lack of options at centre back, lack of options at striker, we've won one seven out of the last ten, had some decent results, yeah. still got a good chance of qualification. We've got Ireland still to play, Poland still to play, with massive games, Germany. Whether I don't know whether we can do anything at home, you never know. It's nice See to have happens. that as a an, an option, uh, uh, optional points if you like to to go into that game uh, without reliance on anything because it's uh, it's really what you hope for. Uh, I know that Ireland got a uh, got a result against them, but it's just the two games against Germany should be just all about hopefully getting one point and nothing more really. I don't think the Germans are all that great. I, th- I think they are taking a long time to rebuild after the, the World Cup one. Because after that, there was a couple of, of, sort of big names retired and they, they're missing those players for what I've seen of them. There is that, but you, you just always know with Germany when it comes down to it, they are going to, qual- they are going to qualify um, in terms of that. But Scotland's obviously got a lot of room for improvement. The problem is that Poland getting that result against Germany really yeah. kind of ruined, maybe ruined us a wee bit in terms of qualifying top two. Because it I would, I still think maybe it'll be Poland, Germany in the top two. Oh, I'll tell you, I, 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 sorry. Well, because we're, we're still in there. I mean, there's only a couple of points between us and Poland. If we can beat them at Hamden, yeah, they've still got to go to Germany. I think it is. I think they've already they, they got their win in Warsaw. So I think they've still got to go to Germany. And we've September. obviously got the Germans at home. I really yeah, wasn't that impressed by Poland in the, the game we played against them. Um, I felt we no, we got to be Yes. Um, whereas Germany is one that we, we look back on and I, again, you know, Rue not getting something from that because that was an excellent performance and it was it was almost surprising in, in Germany's first competitive match since the, the World Cup final that, uh, uh, you know, just how, how poor they, they were. Again, I, th- I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to put, uh, put a finger of blame on anyone, but I think there was two crucial mistakes for Alan Hutton against Germany and against Poland where he's, given, he's, he's effectively gifted a goal. And obviously that's cost us what, a point against Germany and and, a, and possibly three points against Poland. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, it's a shame that we... Well, those, we can't do those games now anyway, but... We, we, I, I, I think if we play to our best on the day, we, we, we could take some for Germany, we could beat Poland, we could possibly beat uh, Ireland and Dublin as well. There's still plenty of points to predict up here. And if we can get those, I, I still think we can qualify automatically, never mind the playoff. That's refreshing to be thinking like this anyway. But going back to that game, am I the only one that thought that the the penalty that was given was borderline because I didn't think that the ball was in play? I agree. Yeah. I thought that um, uh, Davy Proven just dismissed it and called it a, a definite penalty and there was no, they didn't touch on it at all. But I, I tried to rewind it quite a few times and I couldn't get it to pause at the exact time, but I, I couldn't tell if the ball was in play or not. Uh, obviously, yeah, the, the Fletcher uh, one just before it possibly should have been... Uh, that, that, that was the thing. Yeah. I thought it was, there was definitely a penalty shout about a minute before the the, the, the yes. first one that we did get. 
So, I was very much like the referee wasn't giving us anything. And even then, he had to consult with his fifth official. I'm never sure what to call him. Never sure what to call him, I don't know. Fifth or sixth. The Naismith one was an absolute stonewaller. That was a rash challenge by the defender. And yeah, it didn't have a massive bearing. It certainly had we. Had we not managed to, to win the game, then it would have been somewhat embarrassing had we been looking back on penalty decisions that weren't given. Um, <laughs> not that yeah. it normally stops us, but all things considered, it, uh, it was never going to be too much of a focus. Yeah. I, th- I think possibly the worst tackle in the game, though, was by the Hamden pitch on punt. That's horrible, that. <laughs> It was, I've seen it back, there's a, a vine going about and it just keeps replaying it and yeah. it could have been so much worse than than what happened, which he managed to, to get up after jarring his leg, but I, I, I don't want to focus too much on it, but it, it did remind me a little bit of uh, Larson and what mm-hmm. can happen uh, in a, a freak accident like that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good that no one was hot. But uh, it was it was still kind of funny and looking back on it. It was actually there was a funny one as well about ten minutes later where there was a Gibraltar guy running through masses of space. He was in the middle of the park heading towards goal and just suddenly fell over for no apparent reason. I nearly wet myself looking at that one because <laughs> it was the kind of thing. It was the kind of thing. If I did it playing football at seven aside, I would be pissing myself laughing at it as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, in the build-up to it, there was a lot of talk about the, the ticket pricing and how it, it didn't befit a, a game uh, against a, a team like Gibraltar. But one positive uh, that I seen was the SFA and their giveaway of tickets to schools. I, I don't know exactly. I'm going to say ten thousand tickets, but that might be too high. But I know they gave a lot of tickets away for free. And I think you're right. I think it was ten thousand. I think that's brilliant. Which doesn't surprise me. I mean, like the. Attendance was about thirty-four thousand or something that was uh, mentioned in, in, in the stadium yesterday. So you're talking if they did give away ten thousand, even if all of them were used up, that's twenty-four thousand so, uh, to sold to everybody else. Um, given that the ticket price or the price of my ticket was thirty pounds because I've got the uh, the season ticket, that was about as cheap as you could possibly get that ticket. Thirty quid for Gibraltar is excessive. That is excessive. Yeah. The, the other places you could have paid for that, which would have been even higher. Yeah. The good thing about yeah. giving them out to schools as well, though, is uh, that you know, for any match, you know, you remember your first match of any sort. But I mean, you guys will be the same. Yeah. You remember your first Scotland match at Hamden like nothing else. I mean, it was just a, a an experience that can hook you for life, and uh, you know that's certainly the effect it had on me. Um, and so, if that's going to have that sort of you know, same effect on the ten thousand. That, uh, that perhaps went for the first time on Sunday. Yeah, well, my, you know, that's, my that's son went. And I've I've tried to persuade him to to come to to football games before, and he's not really been interested. But then he came home from school and said he'd been offered this free ticket, and he was really buzzing about it, really excited about it. Uh, and he went to the game, and he had a great time. So that's his first game ever he's been to live, and he's come back and thoroughly enjoyed it. I was asking him about the the songs that were being sung because I tried to teach him one of the songs. Uh, I just went for the simple Scotland, Scotland. So I was I was teaching um, the, the words to that. that. I, I, I would say that the best song that I heard yesterday 
was about 10 minutes to go, the rain was chucking it down, and everyone started singing at the rainbow. <laughs> we, we love you, Rainbow. We do. Oh, Rainbow, we love you. They, they had a, they, they've started having a fan zone, though, haven't they, at, the, at Hamden before the games? Uh, it seemed, I think it was at Hamden, but I'm not sure. Was it busy? I've noticed on and listened to my In terms of that, I suppose that's maybe something in terms of the kind of kids maybe getting, they'll go to the game, they want to go to the fan zone, maybe a day out as opposed to just going to the football and yeah. spending two hours at the game. Uh, my, uh, my son had a, a question. Asked him about the, the songs and so on, and he said that Flower of Scotland was sung. But he asked me why Edward was sent homework. He wasn't sure about <laughs> that. <laughs> I had to explain to him what it was, but see, when I said homework, he says, Well, what's that? And I was like, Just sent him home. Sent him homework. Sent him homework, I think, again. That almost makes sense. Well, it would you, make you him think, think again. Does he want to go back? Does he want to go back? That's the main thing. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. He's got the, he's got the bug now. Uh, I think that it's not just the football. I think it's the, the occasion, the the fact that you can get something to eat, something to, to drink. He didn't get a pie because he said it was £8 for a pie, which I, I don't know if I believe him <laughs> no, there. It wasn't. It wasn't anywhere near that because I got a pie and it wasn't worth it because it was burnt. And the bovro was too hot. It burnt my tongue. I'm not happy. <laughs> Oh, I like to have a, a compliment about the, the facilities in Hamden. I was really oh, impressed on Wednesday at how they got people serving pies and bovril, and what they were actually doing was pouring the bovril before it was asked. They had it was like uh, tea in the park where you got all the pints all lined up, ready to go, and you just ask for it, and it's like there it is, ready to go. Do I, I, I don't see that. To get your drink? No, <laughs> well, it wasn't. Wasn't it that? buy a ticket and then go and get a pint oh, no, it wasn't that much like Tina Park but I did like that there was a bit of common sense you don't get that at uh, other football stadiums where they pour it on demand or so, for they, that did, they did exactly the same on Sunday there. It, was, it was definitely one person serving one person getting the stuff together that's the good I, I like it common sense thing that you just never see happen <laughs> oh hey, wait a minute Andy uh, you I don't know whether you've heard before, but I like to chat about pies quite a bit in the podcast. Brilliant. Sounds what? fantastic. I get them all chucked at me for free anyway yeah. as a reporter. <laughs> what's, what's, <laughs> what's the best pie you've had so far? Uh, well, the ones that I get uh, on a weekly basis or a fortnightly basis at Cali Thistle, rubbish. Ross County are fantastic, though. Really, really Wait good. A minute. Um, Wait a minute. Do you get them for free and you're saying they're rubbish? You might not get them again. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, sometimes it's uh, unless you unless you've got a pocket full of Rennies or Gaviscon, then they're they're not really one, ones you want to go near anyway. But uh, no, basically they're they're either absolutely stone charcoal solid, you know, and um, just burn the mouth off you. But you know, Ross County really good. It's a, a local butcher they used, and uh, oh, it's it's a delight that that dingwall pie. Yeah. I'll, I'll second that, but I definitely had a, a good pie experience up in uh, Victoria Park or whatever they're calling it these days. The, the energy stadium or something. Uh, the power <laughs> <laughs> Not heard that one before. A good pie experience? No, global energy stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Electricity problems. Oh. I'm still, I'm still, I, waiting to wait, still waiting for the steak and chorizo pie at, oh, to try that from St John's. Uh, Perth, yes. Oh, right, that's I, I love chorizo. Oh, I love ah, it's chorizo. good. There's, they have quite a few specials there. 
Uh, oh, they even had a special at Ibrox. Uh, it was Haggis. Uh, a wee bit of uh, mashed potatoes. You get Haggis play as well, eh? Uh, you normally did that one week. You get that at Kilmarnock, at the steak, steak and Haggis. It's right, well. Peter, Peter Head had a fish pie at one stage. Uh, I'm not sure if they've talked about that on the go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, see where uh, pie chat takes you. Aye, I, I'd give it a try. Oh, we'll move on. <laughs> say aye to a fish pie. <laughs> right, OK, we'll move on. We've got predictions to do for the upcoming games in the Premiership. And we've got Friday Night Football Motherwell are getting a, a Friday night off. It's not this, no them this time. St Mirren against Celtic. It seems to have been mm-hmm. such a long time ago since we had domestic football in the top tier. Not in the the lower tiers, as uh, Glasgow Red, the AFC, knows. Has been a Rangers <laughs> fan. He knows all about the, the lower tier football. How it continues on. I'm going to go for an away victory because St Mirren are gash. I'm going to go three <laughs> 0 Oh, and it's just nice to play something that's not done here, <laughs> um, fresh I, I, I'm going to say yeah, 3-0 Celtic. Although I'm interested to see how uh, near Baton is, because he was apparently getting an X-ray in his foot after the game against Wales. Well, I think this one could be a, a heavy scoreline. Um, I think Smyrna are in danger of becoming detached now at the bottom of the table, uh, which is obviously very good for Ross County, uh, who are uh, obviously, deal with every week, and the happier they are, the, the better for the uh, you know the, the reporting beat. So, uh, I'll say five 0 Celtic in this one. <laughs> uh, I think uh, it'll be St Mirren nil Celtic four. In terms of the odds for this game, St Mirren are twelve to one. The draw is six to one, and Celtic are two to nine. But, <laughs> but whether there's maybe a bit of value, but if we're maybe minus two, I don't know. We'd have to maybe look and see if there's for the charity bet maybe. Alright,あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、あれ、
surviving uh, when it all looked uh, too much for them. Um, Form side? I, I fancy a, Yeah, they are. Yeah, very much so. I, I fancy a 1-1 draw there. I'm going to go on better than that. I'm going to say 2 on Ross County. I think they're going to get I think this could be a draw as well. Uh, so I'm going Dundee United 1, Ross County 1 as well. I feel like I'm copying uh, a lot of predictions here, but no, that's what I was thinking before Andy made his prediction. Um, in terms of odds here, <laughs> 21 to 20 for the home win, the draw is 13 to 5, and the away win is 5 to 2. Oh, I like 5 to 2. Not for the charity, but just me. I just see a personal, <laughs> personal interest. Aye, that is a good good bet there. Right, Hamilton against St Johnston. Away win, 2-0. Aye, I agree with that one. 2-0 St Johnston. 2-1. I feel very sorry for Martin Canning because of the, the circumstances by which he's inherited that job. And, you know, obviously having lost two uh, top strikers, um, you know, it's been very difficult. But I uh, just don't think it's it's going to change on this occasion. I think St Johnston are... Building momentum and look uh, look certain to, to finish in that top six. So two uh, one. Nah, I, I agree with you on that one. I, th- I think it's very harsh to be sitting blaming Martin Canning for the the mess that Hamilton have gotten since January, because he basically took control and immediately had his entire team sold from. <laughs> There's no goals in that team. Then. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I think this one will be a one 0 win for St Johnston. Uh, the odds, the bookies cannot split them. They're both seventeen to ten. The draw is eleven to five. Ooh. Oh, Ooh, I like, <laughs> oh, I like the sound of that oh. one. I'm liking St. Johnson there, eh? Yes. Aye. Aye, we've all went for them. Uh, also as well, in terms of Hamilton, their assistant manager's left, Chris Swales. don't know who's coming in to replace him or whether they'll just maybe one of the players or anything like that, but yeah, he's he's left. <laughs> maybe that's what Martin Curran actually needs is, is, is uh, you know an experienced number two. Um, I think that probably will be the route they go down given you know, his inexperience and and you know he certainly needs that now more than more than ever. Yeah, they're in free fall. It's a shame yeah. because they started the season so well. It was refreshing to see a side uh, come in and make such an impact. But maybe it was artificial. Inverness against Dundee next game up. I'm going to go for a home victory. I'm going to go for two one. This is a really really close one to call as well. Dundee have been very up and down all, all season and they're on decent form just now having gone through a very very tricky period in, in December time um, I think Inverness's home form has tended to be very very good um, I think they will speak this one 1-0 and obviously given my United prediction that would move them closer to uh, qualifying for, for Europe for the first time in their history that's the big incentive for, for Cali Thistle as, mm-hmm. as, as, long, as well as the Cup semi-final uh, towards the end of uh, next month so plenty to play for uh, you're, tr- you're hoping for some fee Euro trips Andy I know <laughs> fantastic absolutely oh, he's not getting yeah. a trip now because he's been slagging off the pies so that's <laughs> it you be slag off the pies that's it freebies aye, gone aye. he'll be alright he'll be trying like he'll be having tapas in Spain or something like that at the half time snacks <laughs> or whatever they have there you need one of Motherwell's draws for that I think there's that <laughs> they're looking you've drawn Europe for like St Johnson have got a, a history of sneaking into Europe despite uh, looking looking like they've no chance whether it's by winning the cup or, or whether they're sneaking in to the, the league place you're just hoping to get some big games next season that's uh, it I uh, just want another team. steak and chorizo pie your big team aye my big team aye it could be aye. my big team for another season yet John aye, aye. 
Maybe that's why St Johnson have brought in the steak and chorizo pies because they've been so inspired by what they've been eating on their travels. So if that has the same oh. effect on Cali Thistle, then I'll be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of my prediction, I'll go for Inverness home win as well. They've only lost two at home in the league. Um, so I will go for 2-1 Inverness. Dundee's in odds must be pretty... They are big. pretty good. Because my only thought with this game, I don't have to make my prediction yet, is that Dundee uh, are pretty... Are probably better away from home than they are at home this season, or is that still the case? <laughs> uh, they are they're yet right away from home in terms of have they won more than they've lost? Or, let me see. Aye, they've won more than they've lost away from home. There we go. Uh, and then they're, they're certainly they're still chasing down the top six as well. So yeah, you get the feeling Dundee and St Johnston have all the momentum there, and it will be inevitably Hamilton who, who drop out. Um, it's whether they've got enough games left is a problem I think for Dundee they've, they've got some two, tough games two games running. hands over Hamilton and one of them's against us yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are you going for? I'm going to say one I'm, I'm going one each I think I, I can't really separate these two the odds for this game Inverness are 4-5 to five. the draws 27-10 and Dundee are 18-5 to five. the next one up is Kelly against Motherwell now Motherwell obviously coming off the back here a humping the the best side in Lanarkshire, and you know, obviously he's a stat. He's a stat. Before you make your prediction, Motherwell have lost their last six away games in the Premier League. There you go. That's surprising because they've they've picked up recently. Yeah. yeah. Aye, Chris, you used to be the stats man. What's happened? I know. Oh, I had a baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Okay. I'm going to go for a a home victory. I'm going to go 1-0 to Kelly. These two played each other not so long ago, actually, at Fir Park. 1-1 it finished. Uh, Ten-man Kilmarnock as well for half of that game. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe go for something similar again. I'll say 2-2 at Rugby Park. I'm, I'm just going to repeat the, 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 the previous score on the one each. I'll go for that? a home win. I think Kilmarnock will win. They've done well since Gary Locke's taken over. And I will go for 2-1 to Kilmarnock. In terms of odds for here, it's Kilmarnock are 65, the Jaws 12 to 5, and Mother are 23 to 10. Mm. Right, so that's us done for the, the predictions. And the Premiership now is what's jumping out to us. Friday night game, we do often avoid the early kickoffs because we're rubbish at gambling and it often bursts our bet before the, the weekend's even started. But I think that we're very confident in a Celtic win, and the odds are pretty poor so we're looking at minus one or minus two has uh, McBookie got any odds up oh they've got loads of odds up they've, they've got, got 77 odds, markets have they got the, the minus the handicap right yeah they've so, got handicap markets right minus oh, oh, five. minus four will do me <laughs> minus two <laughs> might, it depends, where, depends whether we go Asian handicap or whether we just do well, normal I do like the Asian handicap, but it wouldn't be any use to us with this because we're not actually staking anything because McBookie's given us a £10 Aye. for free. What about Celtic minus one is 4 to 7? Or is 64 for minus two? Or if we're as confident as Andy is, we could, it only goes to minus three, Andy. That's 18 to 5. 64 sounds good. Minus two at 64, but I do we want to do it? And then it could be... Is that getting greedy though, John? But do we, Don't do we get wanna... greedy. If it's a Friday, do we want to have it? If it's a Friday and then the bet could be kaput, no one dressing on a Saturday. I'm keen on the 4-7. to seven. 
minus one, four to seven. Any takers? See if you're doing it, you're really doing minus two, and then it's 64. Yeah, see if Greg was here. We, we all tipped at least a 3 0 one He'd be all over that. Yes, yes. Okay, we'll go with that, right? So that's Celtic minus two against St. Mirren, and that's 64. Yeah, throw St. Johnson's because we all predicted you did one or not. Um, what about, let's see what else there is. St. Johnson's 17 to 10, definitely. Uh, I think that's worth a go. What's that we might not, Aye, we might not need to go much further because that's two good odds. Right, okay, I need to write, I need to now pretend I'm adding this up, Chris. Uh-huh. 17-10, and I'm really just trying to get back to the page so I can click the button. I wake it out as tenor on that as sixty-seven fifty. Aye, that's what I worked it out to be. Yep, sixty-seven pound fifty. I I don't know. What do you That'd think, right. Andy? Do you think we should be greedy? Sounds good to me, yeah. Or is it too? No, that's too... I, I like, like the idea too. Yeah. Right, that's what we'll go for then. So the ten pound bet, Curtis McBrickies on St Johnson and Celtic minus two, and the first goal scorer is Prunty, Brian Prunty. We don't have the odds of that. I'll I'll tweet about the odds and I'll put it on the forum uh, at some point on, over the, the coming days. So is there anything else that you wanted to discuss in the podcast? Because I think I've covered everything in my agenda. Uh, Junior Cup semi-finals have uh, been drawn. Uh, Halford will play Auckland to Albert over two legs and Linlithgow Rose will play Musselburgh over two legs. And those ties are played weekend of the 11th and 12th of April and the 18th and 19th of April. Aye. Aye, I've got a game on Sunday, Easter Sunday. That's no good for the family, is it? Putting a game on yep. bloody Easter Maybe Sunday. Sure. Something like 12 o'clock kick-off as well. That's not good if I want to have a beer on Easter Saturday. Oh, it's just, uh, they're inconsiderate. But aye, aye. I'm not too confident about that game, so I don't really want to talk about it too much. It's all positivity, Ibrox, so we'll not talk about that game. <laughs> right, anything else, Andy? We've, uh, I guess, been talking about some title races that have already been clinched and are finished. Obviously, Hearts uh, lifted the uh, the championship and obviously the, the uh, Highland and Lowland League winners have been decided. Um, I just want to draw draw a bit of attention to the League One title race. It's, it's looking very, uh, it's very tight, close. Yeah. Uh, it's Stranraer on 58 points with Morton and Forper just a point behind. That's anybody's game. Uh, really exciting yeah. stuff there. Yeah, uh, it's difficult to separate them on form uh, as well. Uh, I think Stirling Albion at the bottom, uh, they've been gone for quite a while now. Uh, but oh. yeah, at the top's very exciting. Uh, League Two, League Two has been okay for a while. Uh, there seems to be a bit of a, a, a gap appeared, but, but Queen's Park, it was refreshing to see them up the top. Uh, I know they didn't do very well last season. It was the weekend though. Yeah. So did uh, Albion Rovers at the top, right enough, they lost 3-0 against Elgin. Yeah, sorry, Albion Rovers lost in Queen's Park, Drew. So, uh, uh. I, I know I, I, I keep uh, tweeting this, but the magic numbers, do you want the... Obviously, <laughs> obviously uh. Hearts are champions, and they, even, no, they don't have a magic number anymore. They had the Brewer Rangers and uh, near dead in the city. But Albion Rovers need 10 more points for the last five games. Stranraer need 15 points for five games because it's so tight. <laughs> Uh, and uh, at the, the top flight, it's 23 points Celtic would need for the, the remaining 10 games. So, so credit to Aberdeen for keeping that one going for so long. Definitely, yep. 
we're into, we're into April just about. It'll be April by the time the next set of games are kicking off, and we're still talking right. about having a title challenge or so. Yep, and hopefully, hopefully next yeah. season uh, we start to actually uh, talk about it sensibly as a, a title challenge because it's it's turned out that it was a title challenge, yeah. yet a lot of people dismissed it. A lot of people said, no, you can't have that in Scottish football. There's going to be a, a runaway winner. Uh, hopefully Aberdeen uh, solidify a bit and secure third place behind Rangers next season. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Ah. You, you concentrate with securing third place in the championship this season. <laughs> Don't get ideas above your station. I, I, I can't talk up Aberdeen too much. Well, no, I, was, I, was, I was just going to say that um, the thing that said it all was the, the last round of games there. You looked for the Aber- I looked at the Aberdeen result, seen it was a draw. So Aberdeen obviously dropped points for first up was yes. If that's not a title challenge, I don't know what is. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, yeah, it's it's refreshing for, for Scottish football. Aye. Aye. And it's a it's a good thing. Just wait till Celtic lose Van Dyke and Den in the summer. And then they get a new centre back pairing. Danny Wilson, he's coming. <laughs> Danny Wilson. I see the I see the rumour about that day. Is that the talk? <laughs> that's yeah. that's a he's he's signing the Celtic summer. fan. A Celtic fan, but he's he's tasted success at Rangers. Obviously, he's, he, he knows what it's like to to live in the good side of Glasgow. So I don't know if he'd go back to a smaller team like Celtic. <laughs> right, I think that's us. Yeah. <laughs> aye, aye, exactly, exactly. Aye, uh, right. Thanks for coming on, Andy. That was good. Been really enjoyable. Really, thank, thanks very much for for having us. Yeah, really, really good. Covered a good range and. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd uh, be delighted to, to come back. Aye, aye, that'd be good. Uh, I did push us on earlier on because I thought we were <laughs> running out of time, but I was looking at the wrong clock. And it wasn't because I forgot to change the clocks or anything, but it's the, the call time on Skype was uh, quite a bit. I think it was half an hour ahead of the actual podcast time. So, yeah, I thought we were running out of time when, in fact, we weren't. We had plenty of time. Bang on. <laughs> uh, oh, great stuff. Right, bye. Thanks again for coming on and thanks Chris and John for coming on once again and uh, hopefully get you on again sometime, Andy, and probably speak to Chris and John next week. Cheers, Chris. Right, cheers, thanks. Cheers. Cheers, see you later.